0: Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast without its host. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Ryan Newman. And
1: I'm Trey Newman.
0: Well, Trey, we're finally giving the fourth bros what they want.
1: That's right. We're we're gonna finally put it to the test. See if Michael is is the dead weight, um, or if or if we actually do need him.
0: Well, you know, people have been clamoring for for no Michael, or at least less of him. So I guess we're giving him a little taste of that. Exactly. Uh, not the only thing. We're definitely facing some adversity though today, Trey, because not only is Michael missing, I am battling COVID. I got bit by the COVID bug. Finally, it's incredible yeah. that I didn't get it before. Like as much as I'm around kids and
1: yeah, stuff like you went all this long.
0: People, Made yeah, it this that's, long.
1: That's why we're kind of getting this episode out late, dealing with holiday travel and illnesses. Yeah. But uh so some of the, the predictions we make, you you might have already seen some of the games, but yeah. uh we'll try not to look like fools, but
0: hey it's our promise to the to you guys that we get in a podcast out every week. So we're through thick and thin, we'll battling. get it done. All right. Week twelve takeaways. Trey, why don't you lead us off?
1: All right. Well, I gotta start with maybe the game of the year, one of the games of the year, USC, UCLA, Uh, not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of defense was played as we suspected going into the game, but the offenses lived up to their billing. And I guess, ironically, the, the game ended thanks to a defensive play by, by USC picking off DTR. I mean, I will say DTR, he was amazing in this game and really throughout the year, but he did, he did stare down a couple receivers and made some costly interceptions that ended up really being the difference. But Caleb Williams Man, that's my takeaway. Un- he's unbelievable. He has yep. to be I think the most valuable player to a team in the whole country. Like even when he's pressured, the ball is somehow in the perfect spot, the perfect window, and really now he has a great opportunity against Notre Dame and the Pac-12 Championship to possibly win the Heisman. It's crazy how quick it can turn. And then it also the game also proved to me how good of a coach Lincoln Riley is. I mean, they were down 14 nothing, didn't flinch. They racked up over 600 yards, made clutch drive after clutch drive. They didn't panic, just like earlier in the year. They didn't panic when they were down late against Oregon State. Came back and won. Um, but this game, instant classic, fun to watch.
0: Yeah, what what a fun time for USC, man! I mean, just the Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. I mean, what a duo that just came and just, <laughs> I mean, completely turned USC around. I mean, this this was a bad team last year, and now they're ten and one at, in the playoff hunt. I mean, it's just amazing. So. All right, so let's get on to my first takeaway. I got to touch on Michigan, Uh, Michigan, Illinois. Illinois gave uh, Michigan all they could handle in this one. The Illini were ahead 17-10, heading into the fourth quarter. Um, But in that fourth quarter, it was all Michigan, sort of. Uh, The kicker, Jake Moody, hit three field goals, including a a 35-yarder with just nine seconds left uh, in the game to win 19-17. He was the player of the game, Uh, Moody was. Four of four on field goals. They were all in the second half. Um, but the, the main storyline come out of this game is, is the health status of Blake Corum running back for Michigan. Um, doesn't appear to be very positive news. Um, heading into the Ohio state game, doesn't sound like he's going to play, um, which is too bad It's a huge blow for Michigan and blow for Corum and the fact that he was still uh, having Heisman aspirations. If he put up a big game against the Buckeyes, he would have been right there. So it's too bad for them. Um, but Michigan does survive one more week at least. Yeah, barely.
1: Uh, all right, moving on to another wild game, TCU Baylor. Um, I just I want whatever juju TCU yeah. and Sunny Dykes have. Like Man. their dream season continues. It, it's unbelievable. Like how is this team unbeaten? Yeah, they they constantly find themselves trailing, but they they find a way. They they squeak them out. This one was unique just because you don't ever see an ending like this where they have to run the kicking unit on the field and kick it at the horn to win. I mean. That would have been so much second guessing if Dykes had that gone awry. But of course, it went their way. <laughs> they worked. It worked uh, all out. Max this year, Duggan yeah. and Max Duggan, I, he really should be in the Heisman race. Like, it's not always his stats, but it's kind of the intangibles. Like, just watching them, you get the sense that he just kind of wills them to victory. Like, whether it's a clutch play with his legs or his arm, he just he gets the job done. It, it's fun to watch, and you just can't, can't ever count these frogs out.
0: Yeah. Duggan has been nails. <clears throat> He's been the, if, if there's ever a pers- you know perfect description of a kid that's nails, it's, it's Max Duggan. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Tennessee is South Carolina, uh, game. Whoa. Nobody. Yeah, I know. Nobody saw this one coming. Tennessee came into the game as a 22 and a half point favorite. South Carolina ended up winning by 25, 63, 38. So, you know, the spread was only off by 47 and a half points in that, uh, I was, I was kind of thinking, like what's I wonder if that's the biggest kind of point differential by the spread on this season. It's probably not. I bet you there's been one that's bigger, but 47.5 is, is quite a bit. Um, Spencer Rattler finally had himself a big game. He's kind of been disappointing this year, um, but 438 yards, six touchdowns, did whatever he wanted against that Tennessee defense, which up to this point, Tennessee had been battling pretty well defensively this year, but just kind of all came at a bad moment here for them. And um, but another bad news for the college football Ugh. world and fans is Hennan Hooker tore his ACL, so he's out for the season, and that'll be it for his college career, which has been a quite a roller coaster career for him, battling backup jobs, multiples places taken over when he probably should have been the starter, playing great. So good career for him, and I hope he gets a, a good chance in the NFL.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was tough to see. Yep. Tough to see. Uh, all right, moving on. Another quarterback. Uh Drake May just referring to the Georgia Tech North Carolina game. North Carolina lost as a three touchdown favorite. They blew a 17-0 lead. Josh Downs dropped one of the easiest touchdowns at the end to that would have probably won it. Um but this was impactful for a few reasons. One, it hurts the Tar Heels chances of potentially getting a New Year's 6 bid if they end up losing to Clemson in the ACC title. Two, it doesn't help Clemson's case as they might need a really strong resume win um, if they're in the scenario where they're getting compared to another team for a, a playoff spot. We'll, we'll see how that shakes out. And then lastly, it probably killed Drake May's shot at winning the Heisman. I mean, he ended up with only 202 yards, a pick, only completed about 52% of his or 50% of his passes against a four and six Georgia Tech team. So that was yeah. a rough loss for the Tar Heels.
0: Yeah, this week there's there's quite a few Heisman hopefuls that kind of had their chances yeah. seem to end. Hooker and Blake Corum, unfortunately, so it's kind of narrowed down to two pretty much right now. Stroud and Stroud and Caleb Williams. I'd be surprised if one of those guys doesn't win it at this point. All right, moving on. We got to, I'm going to the Pac-12. <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> uh, Oregon and Utah. Uh, this was a fun game to watch. You know, good good is playing really really well um, against a couple of pretty good offenses as well. Uh, the Utah quarterback, Cam Rising, had arguably his worst game uh, of his career, throwing three picks, no touchdowns, really struggled, only averaged four and a half yards per per pass attempt. Um, it was a 17-3 lead, though, for Oregon in the third quarter, um, which kind of looked good for for them since Utah couldn't do much offensively, but Utah got a fumble return touchdown to kind of spark the game, make it interesting. It was 17-10, and then they got another TD in the late in the third to tie it up, so... It was a close game out of the fourth quarter. Oregon did take the lead on a field goal. Um, and Utah had a few chances in that fourth quarter to, to tie or take the lead, but they turned it over on downs twice, um, and they threw a pick in their last few possessions. Yeah. So Oregon Oregon escaped with the win, um, and now all they need to do is uh, beat the Beavers, and they're in the Pac-12 title game against USC.
1: Yeah, that was uh, surprising by rising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rhymes. Yeah. Um, Last takeaway for me is it's not a, not a totally meaningful version of of Bedlam but it was potentially the the second to last one before Oklahoma goes off to the SEC in a couple years and the Sooners they've obviously had a really bad year but they got to six wins and bowl eligibility and it was a weird game too because they were they scored 28 points to go up 28 nothing in the first quarter but then they didn't score again the entire game held on 28-13 You know, they, they show flashes like that where they look incredible, but then they just kind of fold up and, um, it's been the theme this year, but, uh, for Oklahoma state, the old Spencer Sanders showed up through four picks and you
0: know, that really just doomed their, their chances. Yeah. They, they have not been playing well the last, last few weeks. No. All right. Um, moving on. Last one is Ohio state uh, Mm and Maryland. Maryland really battled in this one. Gave, gave Ohio state a good, good game. Um, Ohio State went up twenty seven thirteen late in that third quarter, and then I at that point I was kind of thinking that might be it for the Jerricans. Yeah. But now they scored seventeen points in the fourth quarter and had a couple of possessions there at the end, uh, late in the in the fourth, either tie or, or take the lead. Um, but they just really couldn't get a drive going. Um, C J Stroud uh, had he had a solid game, passed for two forty one and a touchdown. Nothing nothing earth shattering, but I'd say. Tagovailoa outperformed him in this one. He was he was the the better quarterback at least in this game. Um, but the freshman running back for Ohio State, Dallin Hayden, yeah. he he had the big game, 146 yards, three touchdowns. So you got a kind of a duel of uh, running backs there now. So Ohio State, like Michigan, kind of just survived and advanced. To both are 11 and 0 now. Maybe they were both looking forward to this one, They're the the big game. But Ohio State yeah. survives. All right, that'll do it for our week 12 takeaways. Let's move on to, to week 13. We got rivalry week. Um, so the way we'll, we'll kind of do this, Trey and I will go through each conference um, and we'll kind of lay out the the championship race scenarios and give our predictions on a couple of the big games in most of the conferences, at least. So um, yeah, let's start us off, Trey, with the AAC.
1: Yeah, American, AAC, whatever you got. And yep. last week really kind of threw this uh, into a, ra- a- a tizzy because UCF lost to Navy last week. And so it just became a jumbled mess at the top. So the biggest game of the year is this Friday. Tulane plays at Cincinnati. The winner will host the conference championship. Now, as far as the second team in the title game, <clears throat> there's a lot of, a lot of teams up for it. The loser of the Cincinnati and Tulane game would need Houston to beat Tulsa, which they probably will. They're a big favorite. And then UCF to beat UC USF as a 19 and a half point favorite. So it's fairly likely that, that cause what they want, they need to create a three-way tie and head to head results. Wouldn't, wouldn't be a factor because uh-huh. they all didn't play each other. So then it comes down to a composite average in four different computer ratings. And looking at those ratings, it looks like it would come down to UCF and Tulane or UCF and Cincinnati, whoever loses that, that game. So kind of a jumbled mess, but, yeah. uh, but we know that the winner of the tulane Cincinnati game gets in and hosts. And so that's the first game I'm going to preview here. Tulane is at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is given one and a half. This is on Friday. I'm going to take the point the point and a half with the green wave. Uh, the Bearcats, they've played in a slew of of close games in conference, kind of been fortunate to win all of them, almost all of them. I like <laughs> Tulane's offense with Pratt throwing the rock well. TyJ <laughs> Spears uh, is a thousand-yard rusher, productive in the pass game. I think they learned from their loss to UCF a couple weeks ago and how to play these big games. They took it out on SMU last week. They get a couple extra days rest to prepare. So that's why I like the green wave.
0: All right. Sounds good. Let's move on to the ACC uh, for me here. This one is all set as far as the championship picture. North Carolina has already wrapped up the coastal and Clemson uh, has already won the Atlantic um, so they're going to meet, uh, in Charlotte on December 3rd for the, uh, title game. Uh, but another game in this that's going on this week, that's still a pretty good game is, uh, NC state at North Carolina, even though it doesn't have championship implications, North Carolina's favored six and a half. Uh, I know the Tar Heels just lost to Georgia tech, um, like Trey already mentioned, but I think they're going to want to get back on track, uh, play a good game before they have to face <laughs> off with, uh. Clemson uh, for that ACC title. NC state doesn't really have anything to play for. Um, Not even like a spoiler type situation here. Um, Maybe they're playing for a slightly better bowl game, but you know, they've lost a couple in a row. The offense just hasn't been able to do much of anything, especially without Devin Leary, even with him, they weren't doing very good this year. Um, So I'm going to go with the Tar Heels. I think they're going to play a little better, play a little more inspired and get ready to go. So give me North Carolina minus six and a half.
1: All right. All right. Moving on to the Big 12. TCU, they've clinched a spot in the Big 12 title already, and they host Iowa State, and they're looking to make it uh, an unbeaten regular season. The other scenarios for the second team is Kansas State. They'll get the second spot if they beat Kansas uh, as um, 11.5-point favorite at home in the Sunflower Showdown. But if Kansas State loses, then Texas would go if they beat Baylor on Friday. So, I'll kind of just briefly look at those two games Kansas at Kansas State, Kansas State given 11.5. And I got to take Kansas State. Like, I know that Jalen Daniels came back last week, but you could argue that Will Howard in for Kansas State in recent weeks has improved them too. Uh, Daniels, he also can't solve the Jayhawks' defensive woes. Bijan Robinson just ran all over them. I think Deuce Vaughn should have a big day. K State's coming off two impressive dominant road wins, so they're loaded with confidence. And the Jayhawks have lost 5 of 6. K-State knows they're a win away from the title. Potential New Year's 6 bit, bid, going with K-State there. And then Baylor at Texas. Texas is given 8.5. The Longhorns need to win in order to put the pressure on Kansas State the next day on Saturday. So I'm going to go with the Longhorns. I don't know how Baylor's psyche is. They got crushed to Kansas State a couple weeks ago. Then the absolute heartbreaker to TCU last week. The Horns, I know they're inconsistent, but, man, they really looked strong last week, crushing Kansas on the road, validating some of the, the high ratings that they have in the computer metrics.
0: Yep, for sure. Um, one game I kind of didn't fail to mention for ACC purposes, even though it's only one team, the Florida at Florida State game. Uh, I definitely want to touch on that a little bit. Florida State is favored 10 and a half. Florida State's been playing. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Oh, nine and a half now. Okay. Excuse me. It makes me like Florida State even more. That's who I was going to (laughs) go with. So that's better. But Florida State's been playing great. The last four games, their their, their defense has really been taking shape. They haven't given up more than 17 points in any of those four games. A couple of games, it was just three, Syracuse and Miami. And if you look on the flip side for Florida, I thought they were turning things around. They beat Texas A&M by 17, whooped up on South Carolina. So things were looking good. And all of a sudden, they go and lose to Vanderbilt. It's like what well, yeah. happened? What happened, man? I know Vandy's better this year, but still not good. So I like Florida State there minus the nine and a half, um, which is always a fun game to watch. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add
1: to that though, Ryan, because I'm gonna make the Seminoles my lock of the week. I Ooh. I know they haven't played Murderers Row, but they've looked yeah. really impressive. They're playing yeah. like at a top ten level right now. Yeah. Um, and I just I, I trust Jordan Travis more than Anthony Richardson at the moment.
0: Yeah, then I, I I totally agree with you there. All right, uh, now we can move on to our next conference, and that's the Big Ten. Um, the winner of the East is pretty simple, of course. It comes down to the big game. Whoever wins between Ohio State and Michigan, um, and in the West, um, if Iowa beats Nebraska at home on Friday, that's it. Iowa wins the West, and their favorite tenant. Yeah, it's ridiculous how. That's happened. Uh, it's come to this point with that offense. But um, they're favored 10 and a half to do so. So that's that's obviously the most likely scenario. Uh, if, however, Nebraska does pull off that upset, um, that would open the door for Purdue, um, who would only need to win at Indiana. And then they'd win the West. So it's not a not too far-fetched for them. Just a 10 and a half point underdog needs to, uh, needs to pull an upset for them. And Purdue's also a 10 and a half point favorite uh, in their game. So, um, the only other team in the West that actually does still has a chance, uh, besides those two is Illinois. Um, uh, and they of course would need to beat Northwestern and then they would need both Purdue, um, and Iowa to lose. So they need two point favorites to go down, which seems unlikely, but you never know. Um, but in that scenario, it'd be crazy. A, a five and four team would make, <laughs> make the, uh, the title game, which is pretty nuts. Um, all right, let's talk, Sean, a couple of the, uh, Interesting games here. I want to touch on Michigan at Ohio State, of course. Ohio State's favorite, seven and a half right now. Um, both teams are coming off closer than expected games last week. Like I said, maybe they're both kind of looking ahead to to this week's matchup. They knew everything would come down to this. Um, the Blake Corum inj- injury injury to me though, is, is a game changer for Michigan. Um, because CJ strokes or CJ Stokes, the, uh, the freshman, he just isn't on quorum's level. He quorum has been absolutely amazing for them. And for Michigan to win this game, I, I think they need to run the ball. Well, keep the Ohio state offense off the field. But I, I just, I don't think they're going to be able to consistently. Um, and I don't think McCarthy has the arm to, to kind of, to make up for that Ohio state to me has just too big of an edge uh, in the skill department right now with, uh, at quarterback, you know, CJ Stroud, running back. They got a duo of running backs now, and of course the receivers are just insane. So I think that's too big of a gap for for Michigan to overcome. So I'm going to take Ohio State minus seven and a half, and I'm going to make them my lock of the week. Um, moving I on like to my that. next. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it could be one of those games that turns ugly, but you never know. All right, Uh, game I already touched on a little bit. Nebraska at Iowa. Yeah, I'll touch on it. Ten and a half point favorites for for Iowa. Um, Iowa just got to win the West, man. They can do it. It'd be crazy. But, um, how is the, with a team that has that bad of an offense, how is that possible? Just, I mean, the big 10 West sucks. Um, it's so bad. It's so bad this year, man. It really is. Um, but they Hey, it's their defense. It's legit. Once again. Um, yeah. if you look, look at the, the points they've given up against teams, not named Ohio state or Michigan, the most points they've given up this year is thirteen. So in nine games, that's that's pretty amazing. Thirteen is the highest, and that thirteen point game came against Northwestern when they won by twenty. And on the very last play of the game, Northwestern got a, a, a cheap touchdown. So I mean, they just they do not give up more than ten points to, to unless you're a really good team, which Nebraska is not. So I like Iowa to win a twenty to ten type of game. That's just kind of how it goes for them. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll actually make a twenty one to 10 type of game. <laughs> I'm going to take Iowa, but the ten and a half. and So that'll be it for the big 10 though.
1: All right. Moving on to Conference USA. UTSA won the regular season. The, they'll finish unbeaten in conference if they beat UTEP as a, a three-score favorite. So they're going to host the title game. The second spot looks like it's going to come down to North Texas and Western Kentucky. So if North Texas beats Rice as a, they're a two-touchdown home favorite... Then they'll make the title. If they happen to lose, and then and the Hilltoppers beat Florida Atlantic, which which they're a touchdown favorite, then the Hilltoppers would go Western Kentucky. But I'll I'll call for uh, Seth Luttrell and North Texas to beat Rice and and face the Roadrunners in the conference championship next week.
0: All right, I'm kind of glad North Texas is bouncing back. It Seemed like Seth Luttrell was was <clears> riding <throat> high. It seems like he could have got a pretty good job a few years yeah. back. Then it like. Didn't go so well for a couple of years. He waited it out and maybe shouldn't have, but hey, he's bouncing back. So it's good for him. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Mac. We love Maction, And this is kind of interesting because games obviously happen early in the week. And this one, speaking of that, this, this game on this past Tuesday uh, helped to decide uh, who was going to win the East Division. Ohio beat Bowling Green uh which locked up the east division for them. So you got Ohio w- and going up against Toledo who won the west already. So their game this Saturday does not impact it. So Ohio and Toledo will square off next Saturday uh in Detroit for that MAC title. Um you know, and speaking of, so kind of touching on Ohio here for as good of a run as Frank Solich had at at Ohio never able to win a MAC title. So it, you know, he had a he had a lot of chances. I think he made 4 title games, four or five, I think it was four, but so it'd be kind of nice to see Ohio get on the board this year. That'd be good for them.
1: Yeah. And they're doing it without Rourke, but they looked pretty good the other night. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the Mountain West. Uh, This one, the title is all set. Fresno is going to be playing at Boise State next week. So really no major impact games uh, other than teams just kind of jockeying for, for ball positioning. Utah State plays at Boise State. It's a 10 a.m. Boise kick on Friday. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Boise, they're going for an unbeaten conference season, and they've just been such a better team with Taylon Green at quarterback. Um, and then Fresno, Friday night, we get one last home game for Jake Hayner, one of my favorite college players the last few years. Um, they play Wyoming. They're a two-touchdown favorite. I'm not going to really – I'm not going to pass on picking these two games. Uh, Boise and Fresno might be willing to to save themselves a little bit, depending on how the games play out for the, for the championship next week. But looking forward to that title game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely Boise outside, <clears throat> you know, they've been dominant in the mountain West this year outside of it. Not so much though. All right. Uh, let's move on to the pack. 12. We got here. So Michael's team, USC, they are in, they, they finished eight and one in conference play. And, of course, they host Notre Dame this Saturday, which will be a fun one. Um, so, USC a lot lock to be in now. There is three teams vying for that last spot, uh, for the second spot, and Oregon is the in the driver's seat. They're they're sitting at seven and one, and so all they need to do is win at Oregon State this week, um, and then they take on USC for the title. Um, they could still get in with the loss, uh, so long as Washington State beats Washington. So, there is much they're pretty close spreads. Both those games are, I think they're both about three and two. So those games were pretty much toss-ups. Um, so that's Oregon scenario, Washington, a little more challenging. They obviously need to beat Wazoo. Um, and then they need to have Oregon state beat Oregon. And at least one of the following two things to happen, Cal beat UCLA, big, uh, big underdog or Colorado beat Utah, even bigger <laughs> underdog. So if they can get pull one of those miracles off, uh, you know, and then it, there's quite a few scenario things that need to happen for them. So it doesn't look good for UW uphill climb, but, and then Utah for, for them, Utah, they need to beat Colorado, which, you know, their huge favorite. Um, they need Washington to beat Wazoo, Oregon state to beat Oregon and UCLA to beat Cal. So it's not that crazy. Cause you know, the only team that isn't favorite yeah. of those is Oregon state, which is only a three point dog. So. I'd actually say Utah has the second best chance out after Oregon. Washington seems like right. the, the least likely. So that's the scenarios for the for the Pac twelve remaining teams. And I'll touch on a few games here. There's some good ones. We got uh Notre Dame at USC. This is a Ooh, yeah. this is shaping up shaped up to be a real good one. Didn't think that after first couple of weeks for for Notre Dame here. Uh so USC's favorite five and a half. Uh, right now Notre Dame has won five in a row Um, and they probably kind of aren't getting talked enough nationally mainly just because of that slow start um, which I think most people just kind of wrote them off but they win this one they'll finish nine and three with some really good wins against you know USC North Carolina and Clemson Um, so crazy though after they that loss to Marshall uh, to start oh and two not many people would have given them much of a chance to Stanford loss yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody thought they would have a chance to get to nine and three. So, um, yeah. but having said that, I don't think they're going to get to nine and three because I think USC is going to win this one. And I think they're going to cover the spread. Um, if I had to vote for Heisman, my vote would be 100% for Caleb Williams. He is averaging over 300 yards passing per game, has 33 touchdowns and so just three picks. Hasn't lost a fumble all year. Um, it's between him and CJ Stroud right now. Um, but you know, kind of like Trey, you were saying earlier, like if you take CJ Stroud off of Ohio state, it's possible. They're still undefeated. Maybe one or two losses max. Like they're still going to be really, really good. Um, for USC, if you take out Caleb Williams, I mean, I I don't think there's any guarantee that that team makes a bowl game. Like uh, six, seven wins. Maybe there's, they're just a completely different team without Caleb Williams. He carries them. So Caleb Williams would get, get, definitely get my vote. Um, anyways, a little off task there, but, uh, too big of a QB differential in this game uh, f- for me, so I, I got to pick Caleb Williams, uh, USC minus five and a half. All right, now let's go to Civil War in Oregon. We got Oregon's favorite three at Oregon State, the Beavers. People forget they've won. Uh, they they've won two out of three in Corvallis, um, so they, they they get it done there, and I think they have what it takes to do it again. Defense has been a pleasant surprise this year. They only give up 330 total yards per game, which, you know, for Oregon State standards, that's crazy. Um, uh, which, by comparison's sake, that's like, that's 60 less than Oregon. So they've been doing pretty well. And the other reason why I like the beeves is because they finally given it to their freshman running back, Damian Martinez. Uh, he's really found his stride as of late. The first six games of the year Didn't reach 100 yards once in any of those games. Now he's done it five games in a row, completely taken over as the lead back. And I'm wondering why it took them so long. Um, They also got a freshman quarterback, Ben Golbanson, who's been playing better and better lately. Kind of got us off to a slow start when he was thrust into the the starting job after some injuries. But five touchdowns, no picks the last four games. So I like the Beavs. I think they got a lot of momentum. They can run the ball. It's at home. I'm going to take those three points with the Beavers. All right, finally, my last Pac-12 game, Apple Cup. Um, Washington is favorite two at Washington State. Surprisingly, this is the first game, uh, the first time the Apple Cup has has been in, in Pullman since 2018. It's been four years. Um, yeah. The 2020 game was canceled, and they didn't kind of make up for it. by, you know, they just decided to go to Seattle last year. So, anyways, it's been a while. Uh, it's supposed to be a pretty cold day up there on the Palouse, but... No rain expected, so I don't know. I don't think weather will be too big of an issue. Uh, Washington's won five in a row, and they've they've got a couple really good wins in there. They beat both of the Oregon schools, which are great wins. Um, Wazoo, on the other hand, they're they're on a three game win streak, albeit against some some lesser foes. Um, but two points only. I'm I'm gonna give give the points here w- with the Huskies. I, I think their defense with I think both their defenses are about on par with each other. They're both pretty solid. Um, but I think the the offensive edge clearly has to go with the Huskies. Michael Penix has just been electric this year, and they're even a little better at running the ball than the Cougs. So, I I, I got to give the edge to to the Huskies in this one. Uh, I'm not sure the Cougs can keep up. So, Washington minus two.
1: So, man, those that Northwest those two rivalry games are going to be fun this this week. Yes, and they're
0: <laughs> close spreads. It's it's going to be fun. Man. Yeah.
1: All right, moving on to the SEC. Um, we've already known of course that the SEC title will be Georgia and LSU, but we've got some intriguing games, the egg bowl Thanksgiving night. You know, like I said earlier, you probably might've already seen this game by the time you're listening to this, but I could look foolish again, but that's par for the course. Uh, but, but no pun intended, Ole Miss laid an egg last week at Arkansas. They, They didn't handle the loss to Alabama the week before very well. I mean, to be fair, Arkansas had K.J. Jefferson back, and they were just firing on all cylinders early, but Ole Miss, they actually put up 700 yards of offense in that game, so I think they're going to rally at home here. I'm going to take Ole Miss. They've been very susceptible to the run, but of course, that isn't necessarily the Bulldogs' forte with uh, with more of the air raid. I like the running game of Judkins and Evans uh, to keep Mississippi State off the field a little bit. I guess the only concern I have is kind of Ole Miss's psyche, the rumors— Surrounding Lane Kiffin, if that's affecting the team at all, but I'll still give uh, give the couple points with Ole Miss.
0: Yep. And then the only Thanksgiving got,
1: game. Yep. Yep. Love the Egg Bowl. Yep. And then we've got South Carolina at Clemson. I like Clemson here. I, I'm not going to overreact to South Carolina's big win against Tennessee. Um, Clemson's given, what did I say? Did I say 14 and a half? They were uh, South Carolina, they were at home. The Vols... The, they don't have the defense that that Clemson does. I, yeah. I think the Tigers, they need style points for the playoff. I mean, I guess if, Fettler, if Spencer Rattler can light up Clemson, then I'll really start believing, but I'm just going to yeah. hold, hold off for a week here. Um, other games, the Iron Bowl, not exciting this year. Auburn, 22-point dog. Yeah. They have to win to be bowl eligible. LSU plays at a Alabama, and
0: Alabama's not, you know. Yeah, Alabama's been hard.
1: shaky, of course. Yeah. No, absolutely, and Cadillac Williams is... Puts is it, some fire in is it at Auburn?
0: I, I don't know. It's at Alabama. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Last year it was at Auburn. and There was that overtime game. Oh, yeah. That's one. right. But, yeah, uh, that's right. But yeah, LSU plays at AM. Um AM's not really playing for anything, but LSU needs to win to stay in the playoff hunt. Yeah. And then the last one I'll touch on was is Tennessee. They're going without Hennon Hooker, of course. They play Vanderbilt, who is mm-hmm. a win away from yeah. full eligibility after beating Kentucky and sold out. back-to-back weeks. Something to watch there.
0: Hey, that's that. I I am interested in that game, actually. I want Vandy to win. Just, you know, sorry, Tennessee. I would cheer for you if you had playoff aspirations, but I want Vandy to make a bowl game, man. That would be a heck of a year for Clark Lee. That would be right. (laughs) Uh, All righty, then. Moving on to the last conference here. We got the Sun Belt, which, you know, it's been quite a good good conference lately. But um, so, coastal already has the east locked up thanks in part because of uh, James Madison they're ineligible for for Ugh. to make the title game as a new member otherwise the, they play each other this week and that would that game would decide it you know so it's kind of disappointing that that it doesn't you know it's like that it seems unfair it seems kind of like bs for James like why you know so what they're new like they're in the conference let them let them let them go for it but anyways uh Coastal's got the east locked up um and the west is very simple uh, if Troy beats Arkansas State and their favorite 13 and a half then they go to the title game. Um, if they lose, South Alabama would only have to beat um, Old Dominion uh, and they're a pretty large favorite there too. so pretty pretty simple scenarios there for the Sun Belt. I do think Troy will make it so it'll be a I think it'll be a coastal versus a Troy matchup in the Sun Belt. Cool. All right, that'll do it for a week 13 a Rivalry Week preview. Let's go ahead and close this episode out with a questionable finish. Alright, with it being Rivalry Week this week, Trey, what's your biggest rival in life? Mine is currently
1: time. There's just not mm. enough time yeah. in the day. And I think, especially now being a, a parent, like, you get the kid put down, then it's like you just have time to eat, then it's like basically time for bed, like, or yeah. I just fall asleep trying to watch something. It's, my time is just gone.
0: I can't imagine that you, with a kid, you just have time to do much of anything for yourself. Like, I uh, just... You
1: think you do, but, and I don't know, it... You got to balance it somehow. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I feel like I don't have enough time already as it is. I mean, I, mean <laughs> I, I do do some extracurricular basketball stuff, which takes up a lot of time, but still, yeah, that you know, if I had a kid on top of that, oh God. Um. All right. So my biggest rival, I think everybody knows at this point what my biggest rival is, that, that darn Coke habit, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're yeah. battling. That uh, is, you know, I'm not sure yeah, I'm going to win that battle. Nothing compared to that. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can kick it one day. But for now, not so much. All right, next one. EA Sports announced they are delaying the release of their NCAA video game until 2024, so they're delaying it a year. What's something that you were waiting a long time for, only for it to be delayed?
1: Well, I mean, I'm still
0: kind of in the midst
1: of it. You are too, Ryan, just being a Nebraska fan. Like, oh, God, yeah. have been waiting for some good teams since the, the Sue-Pellini years had to endure Mike Riley and then you're thinking when frost comes it would change it all only to leave us now waiting for more years yeah. and yearning for for success down the road. So,
0: Yeah, and you could even say for another thing for Nebraska waiting for the basketball team to win a NCAA title game. Tournament, tournament game. game, yeah. Yeah. they they, yeah, they had to do it's, that. It's not it's crazy. Good. That's crazy. As much as they care about the sports there how bad they are. It's nuts. Um, for me, man, I had to go with I waited a long time, and it took some several delays, but my wife became a citizen uh, a little more than a month ago, so that was a long, long ordeal and a long, tough process and battled it. But boom, she's a citizen, so that was good. All right, let's let's get to our upset specials here. You have to pick a 7-plus-point underdog to win outright. Who are you going with, Trey?
1: You know, I'm going to go against those crazy frogs, Iowa State, plus 10 at TCU. The Cyclones, they're 1-7 and seven in in conference. They they won't get to six wins for a bowl game. Their offense has been bad, but this line just seems a little light. It's one of those those close games that maybe might bite TCU finally. Maybe it's the surprise of the weekend. I hope it's not, but that's where I'm going.
0: Well, I mean, it seems like Iowa State has just been knocking on the door so many times, man. They've had such an unlucky. They have. Yeah, they've been unlucky for a while now kind of like nebraska um all righty then i you know i'm gonna go with south carolina i guess i will be influenced by that one game of uh, spencer rattler they're they're the high yeah why not they're 14 and a half point dogs at clemson clemson doesn't have a high high flying offense so it doesn't they don't need to replicate exactly what they did versus tennessee they don't need 63 to win um but i think they can get it going um they, they got a shot in this one and It's been a while since South Carolina's had kind of a decent chance to win this game. Clemson's been dominating this rivalry for a while now. So hopefully you can get back to to close games on that one. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros without Michael. I don't know. How how do you think it went, Trey? It went all right, right? Pretty good. Pretty good if you ask me. We we were pretty quick on our transitions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A little less fluff. Just get stuff done. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros.